Thank you, Brother Sean. Thank you all for coming tonight. Are you excited to be here? That's good. Once I tell you what we're talking about, you all should have paper now that tells you what we're talking about, so maybe that'll change here shortly. <laughs> I hope not. Studying anything out of the scriptures is a good thing, even when it's not a fun subject. It's good for us. So turn in your Bibles, if you will, uh, to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 42 in just a minute. Uh, I just mentioned that I saw Brother John working. Everybody got the handout tonight. This one has a, 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 it's a one-page thing with a whole bunch of blanks to fill in. That's really just a ploy to keep you awake, keep you paying attention, uh, give you something to do while I'm droning on. Uh, he, there's also a bunch of pens back there. Does anybody need a pen? Let Brother John know. Hand up. Okay. So I have a simple, it's just a basic Bible study tonight. Okay, It's uh, actually inspired by an article that I saw in the Sword of the Lord uh, what is it, magazine, newspaper, you know, the thing that we pass out every so often here. Um, it's, uh, it's a study that, because of something I read in there, I started working on the study about a year ago, but, I, but I've never taught it. I just never had the right opportunity to do it. Uh, so when Pastor... Barron contacted me this morning and said that he was not feeling well. I saw my opportunity to foist my thoughts upon you, as, as they might say. Um, it's a sobering study. It's not a fun one. I don't know why. The last several things that the Lord's given me to teach have not really been fun. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's fun to learn. This one's kind of a, a difficult subject. It's called, What is Hell? <clears throat> Happy subject, right? And while I think it's interesting, um, it is one of those studies that's a little bit tedious. How many have looked at your sheet and said, oh, that's a lot of blanks to fill in? <laughs> How's he going to get that done in a half hour or so? <laughs> no, we'll get it done. We're just going to look very simply at what the Bible has to say tonight. So the, the fact that it's a bit tedious uh, shouldn't bother you. And the fact that my wife and my daughter Shannon uh, somehow drew, <laughs> they drew nursery duty tonight so they don't have to listen to this. <laughs> I don't know how they did that. Uh, but uh, don't be afraid of the fact that things are tedious. Be a Bible student. Be someone who not just reads, as I say often, but studies. Study. That's why I did this. I, just, I, I did this thinking that I might teach it sometime, um, but I just wanted to study and, and find out a little more about hell. You all probably basically know that hell is a bad place. Uh, you might be able to tell me a couple things about it. We're going to look at what the Bible has to say about it in some detail tonight. Uh, it's tedious because uh, we're going to go through about 30 verses or so. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to start here in Mark 9. And then we're going to go back to the Old Testament. And then I'm going to kind of plod through in order verses through the Old Testament. And then verse same thing in the, in the New Testament. And we're just going to see what the Bible has to say about hell tonight. So Mark 9, I said we'd start in verse 42. It says in the Bible, Mark 9, 42, And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck, and he were cast into the sea. And if my hand offend thee, cut it off. 
It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Jump down to verse 45. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Jump down to 47. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It's better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Most of you have probably read that before, maybe several times before. Have you ever stopped and considered it, what Jesus is saying here? This is kind of a strange way to look at this, I'll admit. Uh, that's what I do. <laughs> uh, have you, I, I'm just, I just want to ponder this for a second before we move on uh, and learn about hell in specifics. Let me ask you a question to consider. Would you, or could you, cut off your hand for spiritual reasons? I know some things about myself. Perhaps you've done things like this. A couple years ago, I, uh, I was working on a car, and I had a bolt that I couldn't get out because the nut that it was attached to, which was welded, uh, the weld broke, so it was just spinning. So I reached up. I grabbed the nut, and I spun it, and I sliced the circular chunk out of my finger. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> and it bled profusely. I had trouble getting it stopped. And I was jumping around in my garage in, in a lot of pain for a cut on my finger. I don't, I don't know about cutting my whole hand off. I really don't ever want to find that out. But I don't think I could do it. How about your foot? Could you cut off your foot for spiritual reasons? Also, about a couple years ago, I was working on my shed. I was tearing out some rotted wood and replacing the, the wood with good wood. Somehow, I managed to get one of those rotted pieces out with a nail sticking up on the ground that I didn't see, and I stepped on it, went through my shoe into my foot. I jumped around again, <laughs> one foot this time, in a lot of pain. Cutting off my foot? Mm -mm. No way. Just that little thing was enough that I don't ever want to experience anything. I don't want to experience that again, let alone something worse, like cutting my foot off. How about plucking out your eye for spiritual reasons? I, I just couldn't do it. As it happens, two days ago, I was working on another car on my back in my garage. This is a 2005 rust bucket. This is my plow truck. And I turned a wrench and I hit the frame and I got a shower of rust particles into my eyes. I didn't dance around because I couldn't see to get up out of the... But I rolled around on the floor in a fair amount of pain. And then, you know, you have to kind of go and pick all the rust out of your eyeballs. Okay? I don't want to try and pluck out my eye either. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know why I do these things. I'm a menace to myself. I, I get it. <laughs> but that, just to say, look, I couldn't do it. What Jesus, what his statements are saying here. But thankfully, I don't need to. Right? You see, Jesus isn't urging anyone to actually do these things. You have to understand what the Bible is saying. He's making it clear, though, that doing those things... To stop 
offense, to stop sin. If your hand is causing you to sin, cut it off. That is more important than the pain, to stop the sin. Same with your foot, same with your eye. Cut it off, pluck it out. Rather than continuing the offense, continuing in sin and going to hell. Because that is far worse. Far, far worse. Jesus is actually encouraging people here in this passage to put their trust in him, to ask for forgiveness, to get saved, and to avoid hell altogether. He's saying that hell is so terrible that it's worse than cutting off your hand, cutting off your foot, or plucking out your eye. Way worse than that. So the study is really just a simple, with, with that thought, you, you think about that, why would Jesus say things like that? Well, how, how bad is hell? What, what is hell? What is it like? Let's look at it tonight. You probably know much of this, but there's some other reasons to know more. So let's go to the Old Testament, if you will. Turn to Psalms 9 and verse number 17. Psalms 9. <laughs> right off the bat, I lost, oh, I got it. I lost my marker there. So let's read a few verses here. Well, we're going to read a lot of verses and see what the Bible has to say about hell. Why is it so bad? Psalm 9 and verse 17 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. Well, first of all, we learn here, and this is the first fill-in on your sheet, Hell is a place where the wicked are sent. Well, who are the wicked? I, I, I would think you'd want to know that, if you don't already. It's those that forget God, those that sin but don't ask for forgiveness or salvation. And notice here that this is not a maybe. It's a certainty. It says, they shall be turned into hell, the wicked. Those that sin, don't ask forgiveness, don't look for salvation. So hell is a place where the wicked are sent. Turn to uh, chapter 18 and verse 5. It says here, the sorrows of hell compassed me about. I'm going to stop there just to make this point. Hell is a place of sorrows. Those that like sorrow, raise your hand. None of us like sorrow. Uh, sorry about this, but I'm going to ask you to think of something. I don't like to. I don't want to bring pain or, or, or uh, distress to anybody. Um, but I want you to think just for a moment uh, about the most sorrowful time in your life thus far. Some people here, I'm sure, are going through that difficult time right now. They're having a very sorrowful time. Would you like to be compassed about, surrounded with that sorrow all the time? 24 7, 365 for eternity. Just think about that day, whatever that it was in your life. Because hell is a place of sorrows, the Bible says. Turn to Psalm 116. 
This is why it's tedious. We're going to do this for 20 more minutes. <laughs> Psalm 116. <laughs> Did I hear yay? <laughs> Psalm 116, in verse number 3. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Well, there's sorrow again, but this verse adds pain and trouble. Hell is a place of pain, trouble, and sorrow. That's the next fill-in for you. These are things we very much dislike. Would you care to experience them again? 24, 7, 365 for eternity. Hell's a terrible place. <clears throat> Go to the next book, Proverbs. And verse, I'm uh, sorry, chapter 27. And verse 20. The Bible says there, Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. Well, we learned something else here about hell, is that hell is a place that is never full. So how many billions of souls are there in hell? I, <laughs> I don't know. But it's equal to the number of people that have not trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior and died in that condition. They've died unsaved. It's got to be billions at this point in history. The... They're experiencing these things. I don't know the answer of how many souls there are in hell, but I do know that about 184,000 people die every single day. And we know from our experiences, right, that at least the majority, I'm safe to say, in the world, don't know Christ as their Savior. They've never asked Jesus to save them. Now, if you're a Christian today, that should bother you. <laughs> Because hell is never full. It's not going to fill up and everybody gets a free ticket to heaven. That's not how it works. As many people as fail to trust in Christ will go to this hell that we're learning about. We're talking about tonight. Turn to Isaiah chapter 33. Isaiah chapter 33. We're going to look at verse 14 here. <clears throat> Isaiah thirty-three fourteen says, The sinners of Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has surprised the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? That's talking about hell. Well, we learn a couple things here. These are the next two fill-ins for you. Hell is a devouring fire, according to that verse. And you look at the end of that verse, in verse 14, it describes it as dwelling with everlasting burnings. Now, some, for some reason, lots of people like to joke about hell in our society, not necessarily people in this room, but... Lots of people joke about it. You know, you've heard it all, right? People that, oh, I'm going to go party there with my friends. It doesn't matter if I go to hell. <clears throat> well, it's really hard to joke about a devouring fire and everlasting burnings. Now, I like fire, 
don't get me wrong, it's not the fire that's the problem. You know, I mean, I like a good bonfire. Y'all like that? Good bonfire around a nice, cool summer evening? I don't like it when it's 90. It's not, yeah. <clears throat> I like to sit near it for warmth. I like to stare into the fire. I don't know if I don't know why there, there's something about it. I like to stare at it. I can just do that for hours. I just kind of stare deep into it. I, you know, it's nice to have people around and chat and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I like that. I, I kind of like fire. But I'll guarantee you, I do not want to be in the fire. I don't want any part of me in the fire. Particularly a devouring fire. That's one that's very, very hot. I've seen fire probably hotter than any of you in the business that I was in. I've seen fire at 4,500 degrees Fahrenheit. It is so dazzling you can't even look at it. You need a shield. You, it, it's so bright and hot. I don't want to be anywhere near it when it's that hot. You ever burned yourself badly? Some of you have. Some of you have burned yourself a little bit on the stove. You know, you burned your finger on a pot or something. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, really burned yourself. More than just, a, you know, first degree. Something that really is painful. Imagine, if you've done that, imagine that feeling completely surrounding you. Forever. Because this verse says it is an everlasting burning. And a devouring fire. Hell is a terrible place. Sorry, I see all the long faces. Uh, it, it, this is how we should feel about hell. Not a joke. Okay. Let's move on to the New Testament. Turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew in chapter 13. <clears throat> Unfortunately, as you continue to read in the Bible about hell, and there's a lot more verses actually in the New Testament about hell than there are in the Old Testament, it gets worse, the description of it. Matthew 13 and verse 42 says, uh, well, first of all, let me tell you this, that this verse, because I don't have time to read the whole thing, this verse is a reference to the unsaved people. Jesus is speaking here. What he's doing is he is answering the disciples' question where they've asked him to declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. So if you're familiar with that story, that's what's going on here. Jesus is, is explaining this. And he says in verse 42, with reference to the unsaved, he says, And shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Have you ever been in a state where you were wailing? Probably some of you have. And I don't mean like, you know, what I call voluntary, voluntary wailing because, you know, you, you didn't get your coffee this morning or, or something. I know people that do that. <laughs> That's not what I mean. I mean wailing because you're in pain, physical or emotional pain. Have you ever been there, wailing? If you haven't been there, have you ever been around people that were wailing. It's, it's very disconcerting. If you're around people that are wailing, it's uncomfortable for everyone with an earshot. And I just talked about the billions that are there. And this says a hell is a place where they wail. That's the fill-in for this one. 
There's another piece I didn't include in, in your notes there where it says, and gnashing of teeth. <clears throat> gnashing of teeth means to grind or strike the teeth together, especially in rage or pain. If you've ever truly hurt yourself and were wailing, you were probably gritting your teeth, teeth trying to, to bear it and crying out sometimes. Hell is a place where they wail. Turn to chapter 23. Chapter 23 in verse 33. Jesus is speaking again here. And he says, Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? So hell is a place of damnation. Do you know what damnation is? Damnation is a sentence or a condemnation to everlasting punishment. Hell is a place of damnation. Punishment. Forever. Chapter 25 and verse 30. Matthew 25 and verse 30 says, And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There will be gnashing of teeth here, but now also weeping. Not just wailing, but weeping and gnashing of teeth. So for the next part, I want to read uh, the, the next couple of verses here, uh, verses 31 through 33, just to give you some context, because without context, the, the verse I want to use here doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you. It says here in Matthew 25, and verse 31, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep... On his right hand, but the goats on the left. Jump down to verse 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So the fill in here is that hell is a place of everlasting fire. And then the next one is that hell is a place prepared for the devil and his angels. So if that confuses you, the goats and the sheep, it, it probably doesn't, but in case it does, the goats, not the sheep, not, the, not those that follow the shepherd, who is Jesus Christ, but the goats, the ones that don't, they are sent to hell. The place that God made to punish Satan and his angels for all eternity. Why? Because they rebelled against him. It was made for them, and today it's for those that won't accept Christ. Choose not to. Let's go back to where we started, uh, Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, you may have noticed as I read this section of the scriptures that I skipped some verses. I just want to read those three verses to you. Mark chapter 9, I'm just going to read chapter, uh, verses 44, 46, and 48. They're very similar. <laughs> Remember, Jesus is talking here, and he's talking about hell. And he says, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched, in verse 44. In verse 46, he says, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. In verse 48, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. As he's telling you to 
that it would be better for you to cut off your hand, cut off your feet, pluck out your eye, than, than uh, go to hell with your sin. That's kind of a strange verse. I, I understand it's actually a quotation from, I think it's Isaiah 66, um, that part about where the worm dieth not. I'm not sure exactly what it means. I've heard several opinions on what it means. Um, I have my own opinion that I'm not going to share with you. If you want to ask me later, I'm happy to share it. But I'm not going to share it because it doesn't matter. It's bad. That's what you need to know. It's not something you want to experience. Or, as we start getting closer to this, that you want your loved ones to experience. Your friends. In fact, you don't want anyone. Hell is so bad, you don't want anyone, even your enemies, to experience this. I do understand fire is not quenched. I don't think I've seen it, an unquenchable fire. I haven't seen it on earth because fire always consumes things on earth. But in hell, fire is going to be unquenchable. It won't be quenched. I understand that. And it fits, by the way, with a couple of things we've seen already where hell is everlasting burnings and everlasting fire. See, and fire that is not quenched. They all kind of fit together. So the fill in there was where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. Now let's go to the, the, the better, what I think is probably the best description of hell in the New Testament, in the Bible really. It's in Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16 in verse uh, 23. This is the story of Lazarus, who is a beggar and a rich man. We're not going to read the whole story tonight. We're just going to pick out pieces of it so we can learn what hell is, or what is hell. It says in verse 23, And in hell he, this is the rich man, lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Now we're not going to unpack that tonight except to say that the rich man in hell lift up his eyes, being in torments. Hell is a place of torment. What are torments? Well, I've just explained many of them to you. It's pain, trouble, sorrow, burning, wailing, weeping, and probably a bunch of other things that I don't even, I probably can't even imagine. Look at verse 24. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Well, we learn a couple other things here. Hell is a place where they cry or I, for the fill-in, I want you to write in scream because we have, we have another meaning for the word cry than what this means. This means screaming. Hell is a place where they scream for mercy. Do you see that there in verse 24? He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. They're screaming for mercy in hell. We also see that it's a place where they scream for one drop of water. He, 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 says to send, he asks Abraham to send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. 
I've been very thirsty. I've been pretty severely dehydrated before, need, in need of water, but I don't think I was ever ready to settle for one drop. So how bad do you think hell must be? The burning. When you're burning, but you're not being consumed. <laughs> Sounds pretty bad to, to make a huge understatement. In my opinion, that is one of the most haunting and disturbing descriptions of hell in the Bible is this story here. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Go, go home and read Luke 16 sometime soon. <clears throat> Look at verse 27. Jump down there. It says, Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, and thou, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. So hell, the next one on your list there, hell is a place where people pray. You see how where he says, then he said, I pray thee therefore. Prayer is asking. He's asking that someone would be sent to his father's house to tell his family, his five brethren, so that they don't come to this place. So hell is a place where people pray. Have you thought of that one? Hell is also a place where they do not want their loved ones to come. <clears throat> People in hell pray. They cry out for God, for his mercy, but he does not hear them, nor will he ever for all of eternity. One of the interesting things about that is, you've heard the saying, there's no atheists in foxholes. There are definitely no atheists in hell. They know by that point. <clears throat> there is a God. There's a holy God that they re rejected and now have no chance of ever being near again. We'll talk about that in a second. <clears throat> Look at what the rich man says to Abraham. And, and Abraham's response here, Just this is just a little aside in verses 29 to 31. It says, And Abraham saith unto him, They have, they have Moses and the prophets, as, right, as, right as he asks to send Lazarus to his family, Abraham says, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I hope you catch in that story, if you want to read the whole thing later, I hope you catch that God did exactly what the rich man was asking Abraham here. Not because he was at, he asked. That is not why God did this. This was God's plan for all of eternity, I think. <clears throat> God did send someone. He sent his only begotten son, Jesus, who died, was buried, and rose again. And the rich man here thought that, well, if, if someone went to them from the dead, that they'll repent. Does everybody repent because somebody came back from the dead? Because Jesus came? He came. And they don't repent. Abraham was correct. They won't. <laughs> he said, nay. <laughs> uh, Abraham saith unto them, they have Moses and the prophets. Let him hear them. We have the word of God today. This is God's message to us. This is it. Read it. Understand it. Understand what hell is and how you can avoid going there. Let's go down to 2 Thessalonians, and we're almost done. We're getting close. If 
you notice we're moving closer to the back of the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 1. And verse number 9. Sorry, 2 Thessalonians. I know I was in the wrong place here. 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse number 9. The Bible says in that verse, Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power? Notice in that verse we learn again that hell is everlasting destruction. That's the fill-in. And also notice the second fill-in here. That hell is where the Lord is not present, nor the glory of his power. Those that are in hell are separated from God forever and from the glory of his power. That means they are separated from God's holiness, from his mercy, from his grace, his care, and probably several hundred other things that we could mention tonight. They're separated from God forever. That's pretty disturbing. We mentioned, I mentioned a little bit earlier that people in hell are praying. They're crying out to God. He's not there. He won't hear them. It's too late. Just to move along a little faster here, I guess I can, I can do that instead of Making you sit here for very long. Turn to Jude. Those of you that are, uh, you know your books of the Bible already. You know Jude is the second to last one. We're getting there. Jude 13. Jude in verse number 13. So this is talking about sinners in an interesting way, and I don't have time to really get into to that, but it says here in reference to sinners raging waves of the sea, foaming out, foaming out of their, out their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Hell is a place of blackness and darkness forever. It's the place now reserved for sinners that do not accept Jesus Christ as Savior. Not created for them, it was created for the devil and his angels. But now it's reserved for sinners that don't accept Jesus Christ. We made it to the last book, Revelation 14. Revelation 14, and verse number 11. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast in his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. This is discussing those that do not get saved during the tribulation time. But this is accurate. Hell is a place where they have no rest, according to that verse. See where it says that? And they have no rest day or night. Those in hell never, ever, ever get a rest or a break from the torments. Yet You ever had something bad going on to you? Pain, uh, we talk about emotional stress. Doesn't it seem like when you're, in, let's take pain for example, that it lasts forever? Right? Right? 
you know, is anybody here afraid of getting uh, shot? You know, you go to the doctor, you got to get a shot or something. Kids hate that. I mean, I remember de being deathly afraid of that. The, the needle's in your arm for, what, two seconds, maybe three? I don't know. Brianna would know. Forever, pain, suffering, torment. Revelation 20. <laughs> Revelation 20, verse 15 says, And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. Not going to get into the difference. There's, at this point in the scriptures, there's a new heaven and a new earth, and there's a new Jerusalem, and... Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second for the very end here. But this is really just another description of a place, the place of eternal damnation. Where people that are there have been sentenced to eternal punishment. The Bible describes hell as a lake of fire. Revelation 22, let's look at verses 10 and 11. We've made it to the last chapter. Can you feel it? <laughs> Verses 10 11 say, And he saith unto me, Seal not the, savings, the sayings of this prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. Hell is a place of filthiness. And the last one is in verse number 15. In Revelation 22. A lot of words here <laughs> to write down. You ready? <laughs> so this is talking about the fact. Uh, actually, let me, let me just go up uh, to verse 14. No, I'll go to 13. I, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning, of, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. This is talking about the new Jerusalem. Okay? Verse 15, For without, outside the city, those that haven't been allowed in, for without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Now that's not meant to be an exhaustive list of sins that keep you out of heaven. That's not what that is. That's just telling you the types that are out there. Okay? And so you know, the term dog there doesn't mean you're, you're, you're dog fluffy. That's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not what it's talking about. <clears throat> the term dogs here is a derogatory, actually insulting term um, for those that, were that are unclean, those that are not cleansed of their sin. Okay, that's the term dog there. So those, it, the hell is a place where there are dogs, that's the fill-in, people that have not been cleansed of their sin, sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and liars. So all those that want to joke about they're going to spend eternity in hell with their friends, partying with their friends. Well, it's not a very good group of friends there. Not, not, not people of, I don't think anybody would want to be around, really. So look at the list. It's, it's, it's kind of a lengthy list. Let me, let me give it to you, since I have just a minute, a couple of minutes here, let me give it to you in uh, rapid succession. You ready? Here's what hell is. A place where the wicked are sent. A place of sorrows. A place of pain, trouble, and sorrow. A place that is never full. A devouring fire. A 
place of everlasting burnings. It's a place where they wail, a place of damnation, a place of outer darkness, a place of everlasting fire, a place prepared for the devil and his angels, where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. It's a place of torments, a place where they scream for mercy, a place where they scream for one drop of water, a place where people pray so that their loved ones, because they do not want their loved ones to to come there. It's a place of everlasting destruction. It's a place where the Lord is not present, nor the glory of his power. It's a place of blackness, of darkness forever, where they have no rest. It's a place called a lake of fire, a place of filthiness, a place where there are dogs, sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and liars. So you knew hell was bad. Did you really realize how bad? It's bad. There is nothing good. Zero. Nothing good. And Jesus said you're better off cutting off your hand, your foot, or plucking out your eye than going to hell. You're better off doing that. Do everything that you can to stop yourself from the offense caused by your hand, your foot. That's the example, your eye. That's do everything you can to stop yourself from sinning against God. Now here's the problem. We're all sinners. We really can't stop ourselves. There is a measure, certainly, of choice, right? But every one of you in this room, myself included, chooses to sin. We all do it. Unfortunately, we all have a sin nature. That's what the Bible says. So the best and the only way, as it turns out, that you have to avoid hell is to ask God to forgive you of your sin and to call on Jesus to save your soul. And that's the last fill-in tonight. This is going back into the New Testament to the book of Romans. Some of you can quote these verses, I'm sure, verbatim. Romans 10, verses 9 through 10 say that, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So all of this about hell is in the Bible so that you will see the importance of getting saved, so that anyone can see the importance of getting saved. Unless, of course, you don't believe that the Bible is true and accurate. And if that's you, anyone here, anyone listening on the internet tonight, I'm just going to encourage you to go back and listen to the Sunday school lessons that I taught for four weeks in the month of August. I addressed that very subject, whether the Bible is true and accurate. Here's the short course. It is. Okay. (laughs) So get saved. Trust in Christ. Don't do what I did, which, again, you've probably heard my testimony, where I wanted to study my way all the way around it. I wanted to make sure I really understood everything I possibly could before I was going to trust in Christ. Don't do that. Just trust in him. Put your trust in him. Ask him to save you. And then after you're saved, all of these things in the Bible about hell are are a reminder that should make you thank and praise the Lord for saving you from it. You know how kind of, after you've been saved for a while, it seems like some of the excitement of it wears off? Well, here's a fix for that. (laughs) Go back and read this list. Because there's something I want you to understand. (laughs) And that is... That's what you deserve. 
all the stuff on that list? It's what the Bible says you and I deserve because we sin. We deserve that. But God, in his mercy, he made a way for us. And God loves you more than you can understand, but God also hates your sin so much that unless you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, God will let you go to this awful place. He's not... People say, how can God send anyone to hell? No. The better question is, how could God let us wicked sinners into heaven? And the answer is, because you can be forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ. Saved by the blood. As we, I think we, we sang nothing but the blood earlier, right? <clears throat> God isn't willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So again, call on the Lord Jesus Christ to save you if you haven't. If you haven't done that, and you're here tonight, get that settled before you go. Any number of people here, myself included, would be happy to help you, show you right from the Bible what it says specifically about how to be saved. So call on the Lord to save you if you haven't done that. But I think probably most of you in the room are saved already. So there's a couple things for you from from a lesson like this. I just said that God loves you, but he hates your sin enough to let you go to hell if you are unwilling to repent of your dead works, really. You should spend your life learning to hate your sin the way God hates your sin. We tend to like our sin. you got to change that. Hate your sin. Hate it. It's not easy, but ask for God's help. He'll help you with that. <clears throat> Hate your sin as much as God hates it. And you'll still have a sin nature while you're here in this life. But you'll sin a lot less. You just won't want to. The Holy Spirit will just get a hold of your heart whenever you're even considering it. Before that sin takes action, as Pastor was teaching recently, you'll, the Lord will help you and you'll, you'll stop. Get, get the victory over it. God can help you do that. So that's hell. Great fun. But sobering, wouldn't you agree? I mean, I don't think it's a waste of time for any of us to uh, ponder these things. Uh, Not fun. It's a slog. I got it. (laughs) Going through a bunch of verses like that. But this is what I mean. Study it. And and just as a side lesson, this is what I mean when I say study the Bible, don't just read it. Why did I do this? Because I read something that Jesus said about cutting off my hands, my feet, and my plucking out my eye. Wow, it's really bad. How bad is it? Let's see what the Bible says. So I studied it. You you should do the very same. Every one of you needs to be a Bible student, not just a reader, not just come to Bible study and Sunday school. Do those things. They're good. (laughs) Study it yourself. God will show you amazing things. Let's pray and I'm done. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for this time. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you for the sobering message. Uh, Lord, thank you for uh, telling us, Lord, uh, how we can escape this awful hell. Father, we thank you for your plan of salvation. We thank you for your your only begotten son, Jesus. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming and shedding your blood. and Lord, giving yourself to us, Lord, that we could be saved. Lord, I pray for any that aren't saved, Lord, that tonight they might uh, seek out some help and, and, and get saved tonight that they put their trust in Jesus. Lord, and for the rest of us, uh, help this message to help us to appreciate our salvation. Maybe uh, we've let that, let that get cold in our minds, Lord, and help us to think about how awful hell is 
Lord, so that it might motivate us to be better witnesses, Lord, to those that we come across, whether it's our friends or family or uh, people we don't know, Lord, even our enemies. Lord, we pray that you would help us to understand hell, Lord, that that's that's the punishment for those that don't accept Christ. Help us to share Christ with others. Lord, we thank you for this time. We pray now for the uh, fellowship to follow. Pray that it would be a, a good night yet in the house of the Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.